Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Thursday lunchtime to a Celtic State of Mind, the award-winning Celtic State of Mind. Kevin, another year, another trophy. It's not just Glasgow Celtic, it's Axon bringing home the gold. I know, um, it's brilliant, eh? I mean, the Football Content Awards uh, 2022 and the MCR last night, Paul and his good lady went down and we won gold in the best in video creators category, which is a bit of, which I think that's a, a bit of a feat of where we want the channel to go, mm-hmm. uh, regarding that, I mean, any numpty can do a live stream, but we can produce fully produced video content and I think... 
it's testament to the work of Paul, Kelvin and Stuart in the background as well, with the, the content that we've actually produced. Uh, and I'm including my screamer Selica in that, because I may as well get myself into something. Eh? Um, but it, it's been it's a big accolade for the direction of the channel. It really, really is. And especially when you saw who we were up against, mm -hmm. uh, especially what's his name, Fjogan or whatever his name is, eh? whatever, so how, many, how, how many's da yeah. and... Uh, Aye, it's really, really, it's really good. Um, I didn't know what was going on last night because I couldn't get the YouTube link to work. For the, the first time, yeah, I, I couldn't get that to work. Then it, then it got to like 20 past 10. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. And uh, I think they must have just started it about half an hour before, eh? And I'm going, I'm going to fall asleep here before I can the results. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm really good. I, I'm really, I'm really chuffed for Paul. I, I'm, I'm really, really chuffed for Paul. And thanks to everybody who voted to get us into that position. Eh? It's brilliant. Yeah, it's, Absolutely brilliant. That's definitely the most important thing. It comes down to all you guys and girls that are watching, that have subscribed to the channel over the last couple of years. Um, it is quite funny that we actually took home the Best in Video Content Award because... All the other awards that we, we tend to have won over the last couple of years, the best um, podcast, the best club content, they, they stopped us from qualifying for that this year because of the Scottish <laughs> team. So we still found something that we could go and uh, bring back across the border. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, do you know what, Kev? It's funny when you think back to the origins of this podcast, um, when it was just yourself and Paul sitting at a kitchen table a couple of mics to where it is now. Would you believe back then that this could this was possible? Uh, no, I didn't. But mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than five G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
I believed in Paul's vision. That was the only reason that I joined in the first place. I believed in his vision. And he had this book, and all of this was all written down. What he wanted, where he wanted, where he saw a state of mind and a Celtic state of mind going. Eh? So he always he always had the belief that he would get to this point at one point. And fair play to him. I mean, it's great to see what we've actually got now. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant to see where we actually got now. But aye, this was always in Paul's plan. No, no one in the awards, but what we're actually doing now was always in Paul's plan. And if he didn't have that vision, if I was just coming on here to talk about right backs and stuff like that, I probably would never have been involved. But it's a whole Celtic culture, the whole Celtic state of mind, which attracted me in the first place, rather than just we're going to talk about games. But hey, each their own. And speaking about that Celtic state of mind, we welcome our usual first day contributor, JP Mason. JP, we're just enjoying the fact that once again we're bringing home the gold. I just heard Kev talking there uh, about Paul's, Paul's vision, and, and he wrote down, did he not write down uh, a Celtic state of mind as just an idea? Aye. That like ages, like years ago. Years ago, I. And then, and then here we are. No, I'm delighted, delighted for him, and uh, you know, getting recognition that well, that's it's a major, major um, content awards, isn't it, down in Manchester? It's it's not yeah. a mm-hmm. it's not a pony setup. I mean, you, we were up against you know some other pretty good uh, content creators. So uh, you know, I I just do this for for banter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to uh, not trying to become some sort of mad celebrity or anything like that. I just do it because it's, it's good crack, and it, like I said before, it kept me sane during the lockdown, and you know, watching it and being part of it. So um, when you get messages, if Paul forwards them on, or you get messages directly from people saying that it's helped them as part of their daily routine, if they've been on their own or if they've been working from home and they need a break. And something to tune out to, um, then this is this has provided it for a lot of people, and that's really you, you can't really put a price in that. To be honest, um, no. it's it's invaluable to someone's mental health if 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 something like this um, can help them through a day or a week. Then and I know that sounds mental because it's just a few folk sitting about oh, talking about absolute it. nonsense. Or if it's Celtic or or God forbid music on occasion. No, uh, we got told to cut it out last week, so uh, better not, I better not venture into that this week for fear of uh, reprisals. Welcome to the Record Collectors Hour. First today we're going to talk about the cultural influence of the Beta Band. There we go. <laughs> And it's at this point that I drop out. So thanks very much for watching, guys. No, um, no seriously, but do you remember, um, Kevin, just before um, the lockdown, when we were starting to get some uh, some interviews recorded on the channel, I think Declan had managed to get the, the lead singer of the Bluebells. Um, we'd been speaking to guys like Manny uh, somewhat from um, the the Scottish Police Comedy Show. Scottish Squad, that, uh-huh. let that one slip. Um, and we had all this footage because they were recorded on Zoom and they were recorded um, on all the kind of different things like Teams and stuff like that. Before Teams and Zoom became the must-have tools of the lockdown, we were using them to record some interviews. And I remember saying to Paul back at the time, let's get this footage done, let's get it uploaded, let's get it on the, the YouTube channel. I think the YouTube channel at that point 
had maybe about 500 subscribers and it was from previous book launches that Paul had done. But to come from where we were then to where we are now to now be winning the best in video content awards, I think we may have had something there when we were talking about that game. It's madness, eh? I mean, everybody was getting into the, the video stuff and... Um, and that, but it's what you do with the footage. I mean, that the, the Jim Orst of all stuff. That is that is fabulous to actually be able to put out there. And I've seen a lot of the other Jim Orst stuff from the Save Ourselves. And it's how we package it and how we put it out. I mean, you could just stick it up. You could just stick up the whole hour on YouTube of the meeting in, in Govan Town Hall, the Save Ourselves. But it wouldn't be interesting. So even though we've got all this footage, it's how we, it's how Paul and that see their vision, how we package it, which makes the difference. I mean, anybody can upload a video to YouTube, anybody can do a live stream, but you have to actually do something different to win that award. And I, well, fair play, fair play to Paul Kelvin and, and Stuart who are in the background. Well, Paul's obviously the face, but the, the cameraman and that it's a big part of what we'll be doing and what we'll be doing going forward. Yeah, and we also wish Kelvin all the best in his recovery as well. He's been through a couple of things at the minute. But, um, yeah, Kelvin, this one is for you, mate. You've done some extraordinary work behind the scenes, and uh, he's, he's a sort of unsung hero of Axel. Um, so this one's for you, mate. Um, and we also want to congratulate our contributor, Natasha Miko, who won the Silver Award last night for the Best in Women's Football Hopefully, I mean, and I say this in the nicest way possible, Kev, hopefully this is an award that we don't see in a couple of years' time because we'll just accept that football's football. But as it stands right now, it's great to see that Natasha's work, especially covering the women's team, has been uh, rewarded. Definitely, and it's a personal triumph for Natasha after what happened a few years back. Uh, it's. I mean, she's stuck about. She's she's doing what she loves, and now she's been rewarded for doing what she loves. And those way empty heads have not kept her down. So I'm absolutely over the moon for her. Really is, and she should be really proud of herself today. I don't know if she was in Manchester last night. I'm not 100 percent sure if she was there, but she should be really, really proud of herself today to get a uh, like national recognition of the work that she's doing. If she was in uh, Manchester last night, she made it home very quickly. Cause yeah. I saw her with a cup of tea watching the game this morning, JP. But as we were saying, fantastic for Natasha. Um, as we said, some of the, the trolls and stuff that she got over the last um, couple of years was unacceptable. And then when you find out how the, who, who these people really are, then you're starting to worry about the future of your dogs. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, I, I, I get, I get a, a phone call from... Uh, Former contributor of the podcast, shall we say, um, who, to be fair to him, was looking out for me um, at the time I was on holiday, and he just said, uh, are you aware of what's going on in terms of people digging up uh, folks' past and things like that on Twitter? And uh, I wasn't I wasn't aware of it at all, so I had a look, and I, I, I knew in, my, uh, in the back of my mind that I hadn't necessarily put anything out there that could be uh, deemed... In any way controversial, but nonetheless, the, the way that that the way that whole thing went about, where people just trying to get people in trouble because some of them had got in trouble as a newspaper, I think that, that was the whole premise of the of the digging. It was really sinister and left a bad taste in the mouth, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't a pleasant time 
for Natasha um, and fair play to her for fighting back and uh, sticking to what she loves doing and getting recognised for it last night. Absolutely. And as I say, Axon's a team effort. What um, Natasha does as part of the Axon team, we're going to continue growing. This channel's nearly 20,000 subscribers. We'll hopefully hit that by Christmas. We've also got the charity single coming out that will hopefully get into the charts. And it all comes down to one thing, and it's the support that we get from you guys in the live chat when you like the video, when you share the video. Um, everything, everything that you do, the, the messages we get from you guys on social media when we meet you um, out and about as well, it's a fantastic. It's great that we've built a community here together, and long may that continue. Aye, as I, I met Paddy on Saturday before the game. Paddy Lavery, who's in every day, and like I noticed his comments. He's he's wondering if I stole fifty quid for him. Paddy, you must have lost your own fifty pound. I definitely didn't dip your pockets. Um, aye, but it's been a great community. It's I mean, there's a silent majority who love what we do, and there's a vocal minority who seem just out to knock what we do. And it's a vocal minority. They are a very much minority. Everybody that comes to see us in public always has nice things to shit say about us and, and stuff like that. And look, we didn't date. I didn't date to be famous. I didn't date, date to put my name on a t-shirt or anything like that. I mean, I could think of better things to date to put a name on my t-shirt on the fans page or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but um, but. We we just date because we love blaring about Celtic. Me me and JP sometimes go down rabbit holes talking about music and stuff like that. But as I, as I say, it's a culture thing for me. It's a Celtic culture thing. I think we encompass all areas of the Celtic support. And I it's brilliant. I, I love doing it. I mean, where else would I rather spend my lunchtime when my boss is trying to phone me on Teams and stuff like that? Eh? <laughs> rather than talking to you guys. Eh? That's why oh. that's why we try and hide you a bit, Kev. I mean, normally they've got the beanie on or something, but they're, they're going full out there today, so um, out in the open. Speaking about being out in the open, Celtic have travelled all the way to Sydney. Um, the Sydney Cup kicked off this morning, 8.45 kick-off. Um, actually very difficult to try and watch it if you don't have one of those um, lovely IPTV boxes, um, because I heard the Celtic TV stream wasn't great, and if it was, you had to put up with Tom Boyd, so... Oh, he was brilliant, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of the stuff he was coming out with, uh, absolutely amazing. The, the, the referee, no, the linesman changed his mind on a decision, and he went, oh, he'd get a job in Scotland. <laughs> like, wow. For the most partisan guy going, I know people have their opinions on Tom Boyd, but I, I just laugh when I hear some of this stuff, because it, it just sounds like a fan that's been plucked out of the stand to come and sit with Jerry McCulloch and talk, talk about the game. It's brilliant. It does generally sound like a couple of people that sit around about me at Celtic Park. <laughs> I think that's Kev's boss trying to phone him again, but we'll come back to Kev in a minute. JP, when you've seen the lineup this morning, um, what was your initial thoughts? Obviously, quite a few changes. Still a pretty strong lineup, though. Aye, I mean, I didn't think it was ever going to be the first 11 that was going to start the game. You knew that he was going to give opportunities to the people that he'd taken over there and that's exactly what happened. Um, I think maybe if you're a Celtic fan at that game, you might have felt a little bit shortchanged about uh, not getting a bit more of the first team in the starting lineup. But I mean, it, it was pretty much a, 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 it was the type of team that would maybe play in a League Cup game, and you know, like a way to 
Ross County, we played a team sort of similar, I think. Um, and obviously, you're missing the guys at the World Cup, so that's out of our hands. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I thought maybe we would we would struggle a bit with that team against a team that I don't even know where sitting there at in their season. If indeed it is in their season, do you know? Any you know whether it's yeah, still in the season. They're six in the league. They're yeah, six right. in the league. But at what point in the season are they at? Are they They're about, I think, 10 games in, maybe. maybe less than that. Similar to us, then, fair enough. But, yeah, I think Tom Boyd was trying to put down the, uh, put down the sort of slackness in the first half to the jet lag, which is possible. I, I, it is possible, but I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if I would put that down to just the fact that they're not really used to playing each other as, as much as that, that team that was out there. Um, uh, did get in the back of us quite easily a few times, especially for the equaliser, I think it was. Yep. I, um, so yeah, it was. I, 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 like, I was just, I was pleased for folk in Sydney. I saw a couple of pictures of people standing with Celtic scarves. Like there was one a guy. I think he might be involved with Celtic down under Shane, and he had a, a scarf up, and he was like, "The dream becomes a reality," and that might be the first time he's seen Celtic play, which you know is quite remarkable. To think that if you've been a Celtic fan all your all your life and then you don't actually get to see them play until you're kind of uh, well into your twenties or thirties or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel fortunate that I saw my first game at eight years old. So, um, and I've had it every week of my life since then, almost um, either watching it on the TV or being there. So that's that's a massive deal to those to those folk out there, and and uh, it was good to see them and enjoying themselves. Albeit weird because they were standing with beers and I was watching it in my bed on my laptop. Well, let's be honest, it might not be too far away that we see that becoming a thing. Oh, yeah. Mark, after the trial that was uh, undergoing at the weekend there, um, it was an interesting one though, between 11 and 1, and then you had to go back out or go back into one of the lounges if you had the access to that. So, mm. interesting to see where we go for there. But, Kev, looking at that Celtic team this morning, um, Few chances for players to sort of put their case forward to Ange as to why they should be included within the squad for the second half of the season. Guys have not really seen so uh, a lot of so far, like Abogard and, and the Gucci. We can see that they are fit, they are ready to play football, but they're going to need a bit more minutes in the legs if they're going to try and compete with the likes of Rio Hatati and Matt O'Reilly if they want to try and get a jersey. Definitely, and I got exactly what I wanted out of this game, apart from maybe a victory. Eh? The Australian fans had a great had a great time. Um, we had a decent second half, poor first half. We were really, really poor in the first half. It's interesting that Tom Boyd was mentioning the jet lag. I was actually watching it on a channel called Astro Sports, yeah. which is Paramount Plus. So I had the Australian commentary. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, they interviewed James Forrest. And the, the, comment, the commentator says right away to James Forrest about the jet lag. And he went, and James Forrest, I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm not, we weren't good enough on the day. He, he, he says, it wasn't a, that's not the excuse that we're going to look for. We, weren't, we didn't take our chances and stuff like that. And I, think that. and I think for me being a fan, having a look at it, the Australian fans were brilliant. Uh, they got a chance to see their heroes. Uh, the atmosphere sounded sounded great as well there. The Celtic fans made an awfully lot of noise. Um, second half, we just missed chances. Eh? They scored with their only attack in the second half. They would be all right in Scotland on that show. 
they would probably finish top six quite easily in Scotland on that showing. But for me, it was just one of the games. We didn't take our chances, but we could see we were the better side. And if, if it was a week down the line and this different time zone wasn't a thing, I think we would have won that game quite comfortably, truthfully. Uh, but it's a friendly, I'm not really too fussed. I was pleased with the effort that the players put in in the second half. They, did, they could have easily sacked it. They could have easily went on the beach when they went 2-1 down. Blamed the jet lag, blamed the travel and blamed the 24 hours. I didn't think they'd done that. Eh? And I think Poster Coglu was a bit harsh on them after that. I think he was a bit disappointed that he lost his game back when he says we weren't up to the level that we needed. But there's a difference between fit and being match fit, Colin. And I think that was shown by Abelgaard and Idaguchi in the first half. But then again, I can't judge these players and 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 I and I make shift midfield like that. I'd li- like to see Abelgaard alongside Atati and O'Reilly. I'd mm-hmm. like to see Idaguchi al- alongside Atati and O'Reilly. Sometimes he, these guys get thrown in and like a cobbled together side. And sometimes it's near one other look a bit poor, but I'm not going to write anybody off on the sake of a friendly for me which ticked all the boxes it was meant to do. No, I, I can understand where you're coming from, Kev. I, I'm actually more on the side of Ange, but I, because I think Ange has installed this mentality into the team where it doesn't matter whether you're playing Real Madrid or you're playing Morton, that this should be the same mentality you carry into every game and you represent the, the colours of the jersey and you represent the badge everywhere you go, whether it be a friendly, whether it be a testimonial, whether it be a cup game, whether it be a, a Champions League game. And there was, for me, just that sort of <laughs> drop in standards. And yeah, you kind of come to understand that and friendlies that we've um, we've seen in pre-season. I think Andrew's open to get a wee bit more out of the, the guys today. Um, and when you look at that first half, obviously Celtic take the lead. Um, when a shot from Alexander Bernabe is deflected into the net by Kyogo. No he, he is onside, by the way. Aye, but no way he meant it. There's not like... The, no. like Tom Boyd was trying to... Again, partisan Tom Boyd was trying to insinuate that it was meant. You're just like, nah, come on. I'm not having that. <laughs> uh, do you remember that there was a goal very similar to that against Rangers a couple of years ago? I think it was Ryan Christie hit the long-range shot and it was either Edward or Dembele. It basically hit their backside and ended up in the back of the next at Rumford. Against Rangers. Yeah. They ended up getting beat 2-1 no, that game. Aye. I hit Edward on the bouquet and so went we past all. So this is it. We can't let long-range shots come off somebody's backside, otherwise we're going to lose a game 2-1. That's 2-2 two two so far. I've got enough record to say don't let that happen again. Um, but no, it was, it was kind of the only way we seemed to be getting through at that point because um, we, they were a stubborn team Sydney to break down and when you go a couple of minutes forward to their equaliser a long kind of run from the, the number 11 I couldn't pick up his name Stephen Welsh just couldn't keep up with him it's a, a thing I've said a couple of times Kev I, I don't think um, Stephen Welsh is blessed with a lot of pace but he maybe could have brought him down or something that's a friendly he maybe get away with that I just think this has shown his lack of match practice that we've been speaking about. Um, and I think he's maybe a candidate. If we do bring in another centre-half in January to go out and loan and to get some game time week in and week out, because I think someone who's playing week in, week out handles that situation a lot better. Ah, you're probably right there. And we've got the interest in bringing in another Japanese centre-half as well. 
which could spell, I, I say is the last time I was on that, I reckon it's spelled then for Stephen Welch at Celtic. Um, again, I'm, I'm not going to, he has, a, he has his faults, like any player that plays for Celtic. And as you say, he might have caught the boy a bit more. Similarly, that boy hasn't played a game for Sydney all this season. Really? Uh, uh, so he might have caught the boy. He was just a bit slow, a bit flat-footed, stuff like that. Eh? But we're missing our best centre half. And Stephen, I mean, if we're brutally honest, Stephen Welsh is your fourth choice centre half. Mm-hmm. And as that's extremely clear, there's a hierarchy, and he is the fourth choice centre half. And when you see games like today, it maybe shows you why he's the fourth choice centre half at, at the moment. But there is a lack of game time that you can't be extremely harsh on the boy. I mean, this Sydney side, we're well up for it. They probably had a look at this going like that. Celtic have only been in the, 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 the country 36 hours. There is a jet lag. There is a jet lag situation. Let's not write that off. We want to put on a good show here. And you saw that in the first half. You really did see that in the first half. They had they had a right decent go. But I think once we brung on the big boys who were the big boy pants in the second half, apart from poor finishing, you could see that we were the better side. Um, That's a female. It's a female. It's a female. It's a female. It's a female. Good finishing at, at any level, Champions Aye. League friendly in Australia. They've got to be more clinical. Not that I'm going to get in any way critical of them today, based on that, because we're sitting nine points clear at the top of the league. Yep. We're still in all domestic competitions, and we're looking good for it. So this this is just a a, a marketing thing more than anything, rather than anything to be like, oh, we really need to. They obviously you don't want to get embarrassed, but I don't think we were embarrassed today based on the sides that were playing. You know, you ended up with Rocco Vata, Boston Lowell and uh, Scott Robertson playing at the end of that second half. So those guys are so far out of the picture domestically, then I don't really think it's... I've seen a few tweets already going through them and it's kind of a bit studs up on, on Celtic and the, and the manager and you're just like, oh my God, people are never, ever happy, are they? It's just... No, I mean, uh, Ange Coglua wants something out of it. That's why he's unhappy. Yeah. I got what I expected out of actually being in, being in the country. I maybe would have wanted a, a decent victory for the guys like Jared and all of that across there. See, see them have a win. But then they still got Kyogo doing the, the dance in front of them, even though he had to be forced to actually go and do it. He not want to do that. <laughs> he did not want that's a bit of a beamer than after the defeat. But then that just sort of proves what this competition is, what sort of box tick tick exercise this actually is. eh? Postacoglu wants something out of it. He will make decisions based on what he sees in this training camp. But the decision's probably already been made on some of the guys that were playing the day. The decision's mm. probably already there. And as you're saying, it was a numbers thing that they call that a lot of these guys got games. That's it. It is interesting you say that, Kev, because obviously we did see the introduction later on of Boston Lowell and Rocco Vata, as we mentioned. Scott Robertson's been in and around the squad for the last couple of years now. Um, I think if he had the opportunity to um, leave in the summer, then Andrew wouldn't have held him back. I don't think he's seen as part of the future at Celtic, but guys like Rocco Vata um, and Boston Law are seen 
as part of that. We also see that there's been a couple of teams looking to take a loan move for Toby Oluwayemi um, in January as well. So we'll cover that shortly. But speaking about the, the guy that scored um, one of Sydney's goals, Slovakian Robert Mack. Now, Celtic have dealt with this guy before because he played for Fenich Varos last season in the Champions League. Yeah. What a career move that is to go from Hungary right down to the, the land of the sun and then still manage to turn up and beat Celtic. He, the guy's done not bad for his JP. I, I guess it wouldn't be a bad lifestyle out there to live in Australia. I've got a friend who uh, is living in Sydney. He's actually a Celtic fan as well, but he's uh, annoyingly for him, his uh, wife booked a trip away to Bali um, this week. Oh, how annoying must that be? That must be so annoying. That's what I said to him. I was like, well, there's worse places you could end up uh, considering I'm looking out at a wet, grey Glasgow at the moment. Um, so he's away out there. But he's missing the first Celtic games in however... I mean, how long has it been since Celtic have been in Australia? Has it been... They read out a stat at the start of the game. I think it was. How long is it? I think someone, someone in the comment section said it was the 90s. Was 90s? No, no. Stratton or a They were definitely in Australia, aye. All oh, right, okay. Oh, in fact, we played a friendly against uh, Central Coast Mariners. Aye. I think that was part of the logic deal. The, the last time I remember getting up at stupid o'clock, I mean, 8.45 isn't stupid o'clock, I, I agree, but the last time I remember watching a Celtic game in the middle of the night was playing in the USA, and Chris Sutton scored, I think Chris Sutton scored two, because the, the US comment. scored as well. Yeah. The US comment, yeah, I think, was against Chelsea. Or it, was, um, it was definitely against English opposition, Premier League opposition, because we, we played in some sort of tournament or something like that where there was yeah. like a, a few English teams. And when Chris. Chelsea and maybe Boca Juniors as well. Man United as well. Man United. Man United. Please, if anybody knows this. In the we did play Man United in America. We we'll did when we were on air because it just looks <laughs> unprofessional but um, <laughs> the commentator was like instead of saying Chris Sutton he was like it's Chris Glutton <laughs> <laughs> worst part ever man like <laughs> take that back but um, he uh, yeah so I, uh, the the what, what, what was the question again at the start of that sorry I, 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 I was I was just keep I went off on a I went off on a US tangent there, so I can't remember exactly what you, what you asked. Oh, you asked me about the guy that, that went down under. I, so I uh, to go from, I mean, I don't know what Hungary's like. Kev, um, Kev could tell us, Kev McCoskey could tell us what it's like to live in Hungary, I guess, um, over Australia. But, I mean, I, it's certainly somewhere I've, I've never been to Australia. I've always wanted to go. Everybody in my uh, circle in year, everybody went there for a year out after, after mm-hmm. school. In between units, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go fruit picking in Australia, and I was like, you do realise there's more countries in the world than Australia. It just seemed a bit of a cliched move, and then they all came back with like sharks' teeth in their neck and listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication. I just kind of did, did my head in, but as the years have gone on, I've I've, I've always wanted to go to Australia and, and see it, um, and it certainly would be an appealing place to live and to get to play football as well while you're there. I mean. I don't, I don't know what the money's like. We're probably on a par, maybe, with the Hungary. So, um, aye, it's, uh, it, look at Jason Cummings. He's having the time of his life. I mean, guy's an absolute walloper, but 
Um, he's, he's, he's obviously got called up for the national team, playing week in, week out in the in the top league. And he was spent here, wasn't he? He was done. I mean, where, where was he before he went there? Was it Dundee or something like that? Shrewsbury Town. The Shrewsbury? I think it was <laughs> There you go. Oh, there we go. 2011. Wow. Nice. So called it Central Coast Mariners. There we go. Well done. Okay, so 11 years ago. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, we've got some good comments coming in here. Polymorphous saying, "Keep tangent away, boys." Chris Carton ah. is the content that I came for. It's definitely one yeah, that. I got out the game, and it's something. It's probably a wider football thing. And again, it comes down to the snobbery that we had with Ange Postecoglou. Is what the standard is actually like in the A League? I mean, you're talking about loving conditions gone from Hungary to like Australia, but what about the level of football, eh? I mean, we sometimes just write these leagues off because we don't watch them. And I know Yarad and all of that, they're quite open to say, well, uh, the standard in the A-League is actually not too bad. And they would challenge in Scotland. eh? And again, when I looked at that today, I'm going like that. They played very, very decent football against us. They didn't try to Livingston against us. They've kind of hung on a bit in the, the part of the setting half. But... They, they looked really good. Every one of them looked technically okay as a footballer and they, they had a shape and they had a purpose. Eh? I was impressed. So it makes me wonder what sort of level that the A-League's actually at. It's... See, that's, that's the thing, mate. So we, we go from mentioning about such a good performance from Sydney today to then mentioning that one of the top goal scorers in the league is Jason Cummins. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're kind of like... You take from one hand to give away in the other to say when you're looking at the standard of it. Because if Jason Cummins is scoring 20 goals in the league, then how do you look at that league? It's the same as saying Ollie Burke's running wild in a league. He is doing quite He is actually running wild in Germany. How <laughs> so you're going, it just doesn't add up. But I've got to say, I thought the performance was pretty solid. Um, you could tell that they were going out there to try and impress. Um Hi because this was billed as Angie's homecoming. Um, what, what was kind of strange for me, though, Kev, was I thought there would be a bit more. I thought there would be a bit more to it. They were saying that there was about 20,000 in the stadium that held 45,000. I know it's difficult, and we saw the the bus trek that the the Perth CSC went under. What was, was that? that? Was that true? I don't care if that's I, true. I think it was true, <laughs> I think it was true. Um, you're talking, what, 31 hours or something like that they had to go basically across country. Um, I've done 26 to Amsterdam, never again. Never on, the again. Same, on the same bus as me, Guy Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to be careful 26 hours? He didn't well, know me at that. Next to me, he was, uh, was, had three bottles of Buckfast and two of them were gone by Carlisle. So, uh, That's never lasting 26 years, is it? <laughs> um, I mean, 20,000 at the stadium, Kev, do you not maybe have expected a bit more as a thing the fact that maybe the, the teams that were kind of coming up against? I mean, uh, one of the boys for the Celtic Down Under podcast was saying that they averaged about 5,000 uh, a game last year, so you're talking maybe an extra 15,000 on a gate for Celtic coming along. Would it have been better played at a smaller stadium just for that atmosphere? Because there was a good atmosphere getting built, but it just sort of look, looking around, just seeing all the empty seats, it was a bit kind of like, nah, that kind of brought the friendly feeling back. 
it kind of did bring a friendly feeling back, but then this is organisers. I don't think that's Sydney Stadium. It's, I don't think Sydney playing that stadium all the time. So, no. uh, so I think this is a neutral venue picked by the tournament organisers to try and like maximise their potential profits because it, would, I mean, it wouldn't matter how many turn up Celtic are getting a set fee. It's a bit like Bands JPA, they get a set fee, it doesn't matter how many tickets you sell it. So, uh, so I think that's the promoter's choice to put it in a 42,000-seater stadium. But then, then, then again, we didn't play in the English Premier League. I think when you talk about back to America, when we played Man United in America, I think Celtic fans were outnumbered 341 mm. in the stadium. Eh? And we, we've got the diaspora over there, and that's it. We haven't got a, we've probably got more fans now because Postacoglu is actually here, but we haven't got the historical build-up that the English Premier League teams will have in Australia and America because of the the wall-to-wall coverage that they get. So I think getting that and getting up, I think we're going to get over 40-odd thousand on uh, Sunday, Sunday morning. I think that's decent. I think that's decent for a team playing in Scotland. I really do. And this, I mean, this part of Zan, they didn't look to be many, like, tourists there, eh? At least you've not got hired hands in like uh, Qatar, where you've got like, I mean, that's those interviews with supposed England fans. I mean, that is embarrassing. But it's like when you call up a, a, a call centre and you ask them where they're based and they say Birmingham, but it's definitely not Birmingham. I mean, the, 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 that, not to go down the Qatar rabbit hole, but the more I see, the less um, in any way enthused by it at all it's just so weird like have you seen I, I mentioned last week about the the little uh, kind of cabin things that you could rent I, yeah. I've seen them in more detail now and they do actually look like that if you've ever seen that documentary about the the failed fire Firefest. Yeah. it kind of looks a bit like that like whereas you've, you've just got like a basic bed and hardly anything else in this like tiny wee sort of room and it seems like they're so well prepared, and you're talking about attendance between Celtic and Sydney. And in Sydney, what what are the attendances going to be like at this World Cup? Mm-hmm. Genuinely, like, is there going to be full grounds or even anywhere near full grounds in these games? I, I, I very much doubt it. I think people will get a, get a shock when they see. Uh, I'm wrong. I have no idea. I mean, I'm 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 no expert, but I, I just can't see them. The stadium's been. I reckon, they, I reckon if they are full, JP they'll be artificially full. You think? I, I, I don't think a country like that will allow them to be put on such a global platform yeah. um, and basically have an empty stadium. Yeah. I think they'll be artificially full. Um, the, the reason I'm speaking about the attendance today is I've seen some of the costs that a lot of people have spent down under um, and I just wonder if maybe the organisers could have priced it a bit better to maybe sell out the stadiums. I mean, Simon Thomas comes in here to say, I'm going to the game on Sunday from Adelaide. It will cost me a minimum of 800 US, eh, sorry, Australian dollars, $300 for the flight, hotel for two nights is two, eh, $400. It's almost like staying in Dublin for a night. Um, $100 for the game ticket. And he's not the only one to say that it was roughly mm-hmm. for a ticket. Um, yes. 
couple Daniel. of guys, Daniel Pincus comes in and says the families couldn't afford to go to the games and that. Look, because I wasn't gone, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually love a look at the ticket prices, so I, I can't comment on that. Eh? But a couple of folk have t- came in and says, to, says it is their stadium. Long boys, that is Sydney Stadium. It's been rebuilt. They were playing elsewhere for three seasons before this. That's why it was their first one back. There you go, it was their stadium. Well, could some of the Australians maybe in the comments answer, will they fill that stadium then? If, I mean, there was 35,000 at the Sydney Derby the other week, if that stadium holds 42, what would the average attendance be for Sydney then for them to build a 42,000-seater stadium? That's, must, have been, must have been uh, worth their while, do you know what I mean? Like, we, I mean, we built a 60,000-seater stadium and... In 95, 96, whenever it was. And I mean, was that, did anybody really think at that time that we would fill 60,000 given our attendances prior to that? You know, that was a that was a bit of a roll of the dice from Fergus McCann, but then I didn't realise that the whole season ticket thing changed at that time and season tickets weren't really a thing before that. I mean, yeah. my age, I was only sort of 13, 14 at that time, so I didn't really know what the script was. But I remember Paul saying in a previous podcast that prior to Fergus McCann, season tickets weren't really a thing that you had to get or sought to get, whereas now we've got a waiting list with you know a good few thousand people on it. So it must have been a speculate to accumulate. Maybe it's kind of a long-term strategy for them to, to get for that. You've got the infamous Jack McGuinn, Jack McGinn quote eh, when Fergus McCann spoke to him about season ticket holders. Jack McGinn says, you didn't want them, they're trouble. That was Jack McGinn's exact words to him. Everybody seems to be trouble nowadays, don't they? You don't want any, you don't want them young boys in their trouble. You don't want them corporates in their trouble. You don't want them season ticket holders in their trouble. Have this trouble. Mm-hmm. The, the, the 10,000 extra has proved to be a stroke of genius in that I think it was the uh, somebody said recently it was Graham Sunnis said well Graham Sunnis said a lot recently but he said recently that Celtic and Rangers should share a stadium 100,000 capacity and I think it might have been Alan Morrison tweeted and said maybe the penny's beginning to drop with him that Celtic having the 10,000 extra seats per season is a huge financial advantage every year and we'll always see Celtic better off financially purely from the match day revenue the, the, the season ticket sales everything 10,000 may not sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things but it is but it's, it's massive it's absolutely massive it's like you look at the price disparity between our Champions League tickets I think yeah. we'll about 130 £140 and theirs was about 160 170 so, I mean, obviously, you're, you're still playing the same three games. You're playing roughly the same three sort of teams. But they're always having to charge more because of that lack of seats. If they could get another 10,000 seats, they would love it. Um, so that takes us on, actually, to Sunday's game, where we're moving from a 40,000-seater stadium to an 83,500-seater stadium. And from what we've heard so far, they've sold about half of it. Now, I'd like to think that we'd be able to just like sort of close the top of the bowl and then just have all the fans down the bottom so that they get the best po- possible atmosphere. Um, and at £100 a ticket, I'd like to think that would be the case, Kev. But, uh, at £100 a ticket, then they change the tickle- kick-off time. Yeah, it's now... Well, they say that's more suitable because I think it was previously, what, quarter to eight 
on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Now it's quarter past two in the afternoon. So I guess that is more open to families who could maybe say, well, the kids haven't got school in the morning, or the kids have got school in the morning, but they can still go to the game. Otherwise, who knows what time they get home coming out of it. Um, it's going to be a nightmare for us because... I'll be it's going to be boiling. I'm not getting up at three in the morning to watch it. Oh, didn't he say that? Didn't he say that? You know, I knew that time. Boiling hot as well, like quarter past two in the afternoon in uh, Australia right now. I mean, that's it's their summertime, isn't it? The lads for Celtic Down Under says that they've actually refunded between eight and 10,000 tickets because of the change in the ticket kickoff time. Seriously? Mm-hmm. That's the question then, Kev. Obviously, we're playing Everton. It's a, a sort of glamour tie for fans here in the UK because of the sort of history of the two clubs. Is it something that was going to sell out an 82,000 or an 83,000 seat stadium, though? No, I never. Probably no, no. So Celtic Liverpool would have sell out eighty three thousand, but that's because it's Liverpool. The organisers to say when they changed it to Everton, right? Let's get this and let's put it in a stadium that we can fill out. I mean, for me, I just feel as if it's a wasted opportunity to broadcast your league to the world, where um, you can potentially put two full stadiums out for these games and you're probably going to make the same amount of money. It's probably going to cost less to hire the stadiums out. It just, for me, I mean, in the business sense, I mean, JP, you organise events all the time. I, you do house and have a, an empty, a half-empty stadium. No, you would, but I think there's got to be a, a sort of realistic uh, idea of what, I mean, even even a Celtic Rangers game, what it was originally supposed to be. Celtic Rangers, in my opinion, based on the little knowledge I have, I don't think Celtic Rangers is selling 80,000 tickets in Australia. I, I just don't think that would have happened. I mean, maybe I'm wildly off the mark, but I just don't see there being that big an appetite for that game, for, for 80,000 fans to go to a, a friendly game in Australia. I just, I, I don't, I, even combining the supports and how many Rangers fans are out there, how many Rangers fans would have travelled, to, to compliment the Celtic fans that are there right now. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I just don't see how that would have been a, a, a realistic. I didn't, until you said it there, I didn't realize that the stadium on Sunday was 83,000. That's mm-hmm. quite wild for, for my thinking. I would have thought they would have been a bit more conservative, regardless of the fixture, whether it was Celtic Rangers or Celtic Everton, Celtic anybody. You just think, you've got to remember where it is. You know, I know we've got a passionate and maniacal support, which is amazing, and we obviously go in numbers everywhere, but. Australia's a bit of a stretch, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I mean, there's there's plenty of people that go home and away that wouldn't have even considered Australia as an option, um, purely because of the time of the year, so close to Christmas, uh, and, you know, money's not as readily available as it was maybe a couple of years ago. I've got to say, and I, I kind of shout out to him, because he's, he's there and he's always there. Paul the Tim is in... Wild. At the minute, it's mental um, every day I'll question how he does it it doesn't matter how he does it he's still there and fair play to him I mean he's getting uh, a, a cracking holiday that we would all kill for right now um, although I'm getting killed in the comments for saying I'm not getting up at 3 in the morning to watch <laughs> you're, not an, you're not an Uber mate you can't. You have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning or stay up all night and do a live stream <laughs> are you watching it? <laughs> that's it uh, by the way, there's some good um, UFC stuff going on at the weekend that I might watch. Um, no, three o'clock in the morning. I mean, listening to who we are going to be coming up against, it looks like it's going to be a glorified friendly against Everton's under 21s. I mean, Everton's first team are poor. What's the under 21s like? Is that have they not taken a decent squad there? Like a lot of their players have went to the World Cup. Of course, yeah. The only one I think that missed out would have been. I think of a kind of key player that would have probably missed out, Calvert Lewin. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, yep. I don't know if I'm. No, it, 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 it is what it is. It's, it's a friendly. I, my expectations of it are so, you know, minimal. It's just. I, 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 I see it as an opportunity for Celtic uh, to grow the brand out there, for fans out there to go and see the team. They'll get to see a decent Celtic side on Sunday. You would think, um, and whether we win, lose, or draw, what the hell do we care? <laughs> well, we're getting back into music now. Come on, love. don't do <laughs> oh, yes, it. No, I, I, people still giving me stick for not getting up. I'll, I'll see. I'll see. Like it's some. I know. I appreciate that everyone around the world gets up at different times to watch it. To be fair, if I was living in Thailand and living in all these uh, fantastic places around the world, I would do the exact same. But it's absolutely honking here in Scotland. It's not encouraging. I got up at 6am in uh, New Jersey to go and watch a game in the back room of a pub. It was brilliant, crack, like really, really cool. We'd squat, like walked in and they all looked at me like, I'd say, hey, are you? And then I spoke and I had a Scottish accent and they were like, Oh my God, you're you're Scottish, and I was like, "Aye, <laughs> like what are you doing here?" And I was like, "Oh, I heard about, I found you guys online. You said that you were showing the game here." There was like eight guys in the back of this pub with the lights off at the front of the pub, and they had their scarves all out over the pool table. Um, it was the Kearney CSC in New Jersey. 
Um, it was great crack. So I, I made the effort there, and then I also got up at uh, for the treble, treble uh, that when when Eddie scored from the head of the listing. I, I watched that in Vancouver again in the back of a bar. In front of it was all lights out, and in the back bit was open, and uh, had coffee and bacon rolls and all that. It was brilliant. Right, Kev, JP started this top trumps. Where's the the most interesting place you've watched Celtic play? Uh, most interesting place I've watched Celtic. I've got two. I'll, I'll try. You go first. I need to actually think about it. I've got, I've got nothing like in America or anything like that. I've yeah, got nothing like that. Watching the Astra Jiragu game, the one that, well, I say tried to watch it. I mean, nobody could see what was going on in that game because of the fog that was sitting all over the park. Um, it was at the Europa League, maybe under Mowbray. Um, and I watched that from my balcony in the Dominican Republic. Um <laughs> on the iPad and then I watched Celtic versus Juventus um, when we get beat 3-0 at home after Effie Ambrose rushed home to try and save the day Uh, I watched that in my hotel room in Saudi Arabia uh, on Al Al Jazeera or whatever it was Um, I think the fact that it wasn't in English probably made it a wee bit more softening uh, how bad Ambrose was at fault for some of the goals in that game was he not? It was at fault for probably all three of them. <laughs> the, the kick-off time, I think it was like, what? So it would be quarter to eight UK time. I think they were three or four hours ahead. So I stayed up to watch that and was up at six the next morning. To watch. I believe he's at Morton and he scored the other day. Welcome to Greenock Morton, F.A. Ambrose. He scored at the weekend. He got mad at the match the week before. He was interviewed by Axon's own Amy Canavan, as she now works for the BBC. Uh, yeah. He's going to take the boys up to the Premiership next year. <laughs> Capolo, Akiro are coming to the Premiership, I'm telling you. Quite wild. Right, Kev, you've had time to think about it. I've had time to think about it. Apart from, like, the usual places like Ibiza and places like that, eh? Like, I Because Kev goes to Ibiza every summer. <laughs> well, I'll have to try and kid when I'm young at one point. Um, no, uh, holiday... Like holidays on the course. I remember getting up. The earliest I've got up for it's not for a Celtic game, it's for a World Cup game. Was England v Brazil in the two thousand and two World Cup, I which that. was in South Korea, yep. and I was in Gran Canaria. And I got up at half six, and we went down into the, like the hotel bar and watched it. Then I went back to my bed, and when I got up later on that day, I had to ask what the score was because I couldn't remember. What, were you in the swell though, or what? I, 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 was still, I was still feeling the effects from the night before when I got in at two o'clock in the morning. So getting up at half six and having a beer right away, I just completely forgot about that I'd watched again. I remember that game because I was getting ready to go to school that day and my mum used to have the, like, what was it, Good Morning Britain or whatever programme, GMTV it was on at the time. And obviously this is a game that was on BBC, so it wasn't on ITV. But they just um, reacted to David Seaman basically collapsing over himself as Ronaldinho chipped him from that free kick. And I'll never forget that. That's one of the best goals ever scored at a World Cup, was that free kick? Ronaldinho. it, to be fair. Aye, Ronaldinho. There was a clip somebody shared of Ronaldinho from Barca 
absolutely destroying AC Milan. It's only like a 40 second clip, but it was just like a wee short compilation of all his sort of keepy uppies and chipping it over folks' heads and all that. Like he, he was different, different gravy, Ronaldinho. Really, really was. Like what one of the best I think I've ever seen, I would say. But you're not allowed to applaud them off Celtic Park because that's not that's not a it's not the done thing, is it? What I remember about that that day, well, I was after it. It was the bar was full of England fans, and I had the yellow and go. I had the golden uh, green Celtic away top on the Martin O'Neill two thousand top. Eh? So I, I stood out like a sea fun and amongst all these fights at George's flag, and I'm sitting with a Celtic away top on and Brazil's colours. Eh? So that wasn't was. deliberate at all, Kev, was it? I'm probably sure it was. I pro- aye, aye, it was deliberate. Aye, I'm, I'm, I like Tom Fuller like that. We were asking where is the most interesting place you have uh, seen Celtic or watched Celtic play a game. Paddy Laverty comes in saying Park Lane, Brighton, Main Street, when oh. Mother cost us the title. Um, Michael, we, cost, we cost ourselves the yeah. title. We've missed chances are, are plenty. Um, Michael 89 on topic. I watched the Derby game 3-0, Mulgrew's header, the jelly and ice cream game in Doha, Qatar. That's probably about the time they got awarded the World Cup then, wasn't it? Um, Which Seth Blatter said was a mistake. Yeah, right. that, that's, I'm looking forward to watching that documentary. I've not seen it yet. The mm. um, Hollow LP watched the boys in the Atlas Mountains in Morocco. Whilst, um, <laughs> um, we can... <laughs> right, we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> one last thing before we can uh, start to wrap up. Um, look, we're speaking about the, the games and kind of looked back at the game today and looking ahead to the game against Everton uh, and we kind of shared stories. This is what we're talking about earlier on, about bringing the community together and just having a, a random chat about random Celtic stuff because it is what keeps people going. I mean, we've got five weeks now before we're back at um, the, the games. So, uh, yeah, i just seen that one there, Kev, you want to bring that one up? I don't care if it's true or not, but I had a wee chuckle at it. Playing the Champions League in that more prison than three, so we need more than that. We need to do a lot more than that. That's, that's top jumps right there. <laughs> um, but we were saying, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the clip from Ange Postecoglou, and it's the young boy that's approaching him and asking him, "Ange, who do you think's better, Messi or Ronaldo?" And he turns around and says, "Jota." So, I mean, this is this is the kind of the camaraderie that I think we're, we're now seeing in the Celtic team, Kevin. I think when we look back on the Celtic team in the years to come, it will be looked at as highly as probably a team like Martin O'Neill's team, or even looked back as as fondly as the the old Tommy Burns team. Although they never won as much, everyone speaks about how much they were a joy to. to to watch and how much they came together and considering where we've came from to where we are right now we're still ahead of schedule I think we are ahead of schedule and I think sometimes we've got to remember that but for them to get up there with Martin O'Neill's team then we've all got we've got to have another European final mm. we've got to have another European final and I've got no interest in going to a European final and losing it <laughs> I want to go to a European final and win. I've done losing European finals and it's no good it's no good at all. It's terrible. Where everybody manages to watch that game, whether it be in Dartmoor Prison or making uh, a couple of roll-ups up at the top of a Moroccan night. 
Graham looking ahead. It's not the JP looking ahead to Sunday. Are you going to stay up? Uh, am I the only one that's going to get the abuse here? Uh, I'm loath to mention my job because that seems to be, you know, you can't, you're not allowed to say anything about anything other than. I'm working gigs on Saturday and Sunday. Oh my god, oh my god. So I, I probably won't get home until maybe half twelve, one o'clock on Saturday. Um, so I potentially could just stay up by the time I get home and then sleep in late on the Sunday because I, I won't start work on Sunday until probably about four o'clock. So I mean, I'm, I'm saying it's crazy that the even idea of staying up till three o'clock in the morning, but I, knowing me, I probably will actually do it. Because, I mean, I got up this morning, today's game was sort of a lesser game, I suppose, than Sundays. Or, yeah, Sundays. Um, so, yeah, I probably will watch it. I mean... So, JP signed up for the live match coverage. We've got the boys down under. Kevin, are you going to... Be audio on? only, audio only. <laughs> <laughs> Um, will I get up? Probably. Probably, but it depends. It really does depend. Um, I, I thought, if it was a competitive game, I would definitely get up. But because it is a friendly, I, I mean, I feel like a bit of a fraud when you've got guys like uh, Yarad and Sean and uh, Liam and all of that when they get up at that time all the time so maybe in solidarity with those comrades I probably will get up just to see what they go through all the time So we're now signing Kevin and JP up for the live match coverage of Celtic <laughs> versus Everton on Sunday morning uh, It would be interesting to see what kind of numbers we would get if we did the sort of pre-half time and post-match for that The chat would be mental Oh, Camera would, the camera would be off, believe me. I, I, I would not <laughs> want to be seen at three o'clock in the morning on a. Me sitting in my Celtic onesie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on the subject of music, and I don't care if it's going to. Uh, you know, well, before you say that, JP, somebody's actually come in and says there's not enough music chat today. <laughs> well, see, uh, just, I obviously keep seeing the Schema Delica print uh, behind Kev. I have it on good authority that Bobby Gillespie was hugely, hugely chuffed with the Green Brigade display at Motherwell last week. Like, 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 like properly buzzing. Um, yeah. Well, you saw that. I don't know if you saw their post on, uh, I think it was Instagram, mm-hmm. where you know they were kind of waxing lyrical about it. But that that wasn't uh, hollow words. That was that was from from the heart. So. Yeah, it was pretty cool. As, as soon as I saw the banner behind me, I was like, that's Primal Scream. I just saw Shines On, and I was like, that's definitely Primal Scream. And then it, the, 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 the sort of smoke cleared a bit, and then you could see it a bit better, and uh, it was really, really cool. So I, I actually ended up in the middle of that, not by not deliberately, but by accident. That's where my ticket was. Mm. So I didn't get to see anything until afterwards. Um, and you look yeah. back on it, and it's, uh, it's one of them ones that you'll see shared for years with all the kind of the imagery and stuff like that and I'm, I'm glad he's he's happy with that because some people look at it as a sort of tarnish on their name but Bobby, Bobby Gillespie is he a Tim? Yes he's a Tim and he, he loves oh, it. Big style. They, they, they've got to the point now where I don't think they really care about whether they they divide their fan base or whatever you know so there's some bands I'm not name names but they're, they're quite obviously 
you know, tapping into the, the blue pound, um, so to speak, in order to, to gain, to get fans. So, you know, when you're at a stage where you've already got a massive fan base, it doesn't really matter if, you, if you're if you putting it out there, you're a Celtic fan. I mean, Lewis Capaldi did a, mm. a session in, uh, I think so, it was Switzerland, and he had the new Adidas Originals top on, and my mate p works with him. And p was just like, sure, you're going to wear that? And Lewis was like, ah, sorry, we're in Switzerland, nobody will see it. And you're like, <laughs> welcome in 2022, Lewis. I'm pretty sure it's, somebody's going to find out that you wore that jump. I mean, it was broadcast live on Swiss TV. It wasn't exactly like a Radio Luxembourg or something like that from the past. So, uh, yeah. Um, you, you get some guys like Big Ben's and uh, Brooke Comb are quite open that they're Celtic fans yeah. as well, eh? so you get yeah. some of them that didn't care. But what you usually find, and Colin will, will get this as well, when we've been trying to get maybe folk to interview for the channel, you speak to them direct and they go, Aye, we're well up for that, we're well up for that. Email my PR or email my, my agent, and it never goes anywhere because the agent takes like. But the agent starts flapping about exactly what JP says there about the blue pound and how it'll look and all that. But if you speak to guys direct, they go, I will do it. And I think the screamer at that sort of level, they just didn't care anymore. Eh? Here's an idea for you going forward because the lineup for um, the, the, what's the big Glasgow festival again, Transmit, yeah. is shocking this year. So here's my idea to, for you, JP get Tim Fest on the go. Lewis <laughs> Capaldi, Bobby Gillespie, Brooke Let's get all the main Celtic fans at the one festival and get it at Glasgow. Oh, that, that just reminds me too much of that. The Rangers fans that wanted, uh, when they were trying to raise money and they wanted, what was it, was it Orange Fest? And they wanted marching bands and tanks and stuff like that, eh? Nah, and with guns. A bit more representable, though. The thing about Transmit, though, is like, I, I, I'm, I've made my peace with the fact that that isn't for me. You know, I'm 42 years old. I, I, I'm not going to go to transmit, but there's a bunch of 18 to 23 year olds that are going to go absolutely mental for it because they all love Stan Fender and they love the 1975. So it's kind of like that's where that festival was at for that for that age bracket, and you can't really argue with it. You know, it's been it's been successful because of it's played to the to the gallery for the, for the people that want to buy the tickets for it so there now is another festival that is more for me uh, in Connect which which happened last year no, sorry this year even and it'll happen again next year um, in Edinburgh at Ingolston which is a bit more left field and you know last year we had the National and Chemical Brothers we should have had massive attack but for illness um, which would have been amazing but so yeah that's, that, it's, it is what it is I, I get what you're saying um, it's not for everybody, but it is for a lot of people. <laughs> I, I, I'm the JP on that. I know it's not for me. It's just like the wee guy that finished silver last night, Fogan or whatever his name is. I can the content that he makes is not for me either. Fogden. Aye, whatever his name. How many is that? Your family's been challenged by a cryptocurrency company to attend every single World Cup game. I mean, if, you, if you've got people weighing you on free tickets and free hotels and all that, then I don't think it would be that hard considering it's all in, they're all in the, the same vicinity, aren't they? The stadiums are not exactly There's 100. 20 kilometres between all eight stadiums. Ah, yeah. So, I mean, 
fair play to him for getting into that position that he can uh, do that sort of thing. But um, uh, it's not 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 the sort of thing I'd want to do. Put it that way. Even if it was all speed, I don't think I would want to spend that level of time in uh, a country so, doing that. So Craig, we hope you've had your music filled. We made sure that JP and Kevin got their bit in. Um, what I'll say about Transmit is as if you realise you're too old to go to favourite nightclub anymore. Yes. And everybody around you is a lot younger than what you are and you decided. That's exactly what it is. That's that, that Transmit. <laughs> uh, nutshell for me just now. Um, but no, look, we want to finish us off with thanking everyone. Once again, we are absolutely delighted to take home that gold award last night and Natasha's over the moon with her silver um, and to be honest it wouldn't be possible without you guys without you sharing the videos without you liking the videos without you commenting without you speaking to us when we see you outside without you sharing the um, Axon community with everybody that you know so from us to you guys thank you very much keep supporting us we'll keep putting the content out We'll be back tomorrow uh, with the Friday uh, party, as it always is, when we, we let Laura loose with whoever she has on with her. Sometimes it's Jim, sometimes it's the boys from Down Under, but there's always a an interesting debate when they guys get together. So Hopefully, I'll, I... see, hopefully I'll see some of you at Sean Ryder on Friday night as well. Don't forget that. A couple of tickets still remaining for that as well. You can see it in the comments section below. Uh, but from us to you, thank you once again for joining us and we'll see you again tomorrow. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.